I'm glad that in the fullness of time, God sent his son. And right on time, at the right time, Jesus came. And I'm glad for the day he came into my life at the right time. And boy, I'm so glad for salvation. I'm so glad for that free gift, for that joy that we have in him. And I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I know it's kind of early for Christmas, but we are in the month of December. And uh, may you make much of Christ. And I wish everyone a Christ-centered, happy new year. And your new year will be happy. Now, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. But you can be happy in Jesus if you'll make Him the center of your life. And stay in the will of God. If you'd like to find your place in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. The title of the message is Christmas According to Mark. If you missed uh, last week's message, Christmas According to John, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that message. We also had a, uh, our Christmas revival last week, and it's audio only, but the Harris brothers were here, and God used them in a mighty way through their singing and preaching. And I'd encourage you to go and listen to those messages as well, and may the Lord help you there. But last week, we were studying or looking at a question, why? did Jesus come? And, and with the help of God, as we look in the book of Mark, we're going to look, and we don't have time to look at everything in the book of Mark, of course, but we are going to, with the help of God, answer the question, why did Jesus come? Mark chapter 1, it says this, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins and he did eat locust and wild honey and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. Would you look down to verse 14 with me? 
It says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. We've been mailing out gospel mailers, and by the grace of God, we've been able to mail out over 91,000 gospel mailers trying to reach 100,000 homes right here within 20 to 25 minutes of our church. And we thank God for his help and his faithfulness in allowing us to be able to get the gospel into every home in our community here in 2023. And we've been sending out these gospel mailers now starting last week and throughout this whole month. Jesus came for one reason, and that reason is you. And we are praying that the Lord help us there but we understand that, that Jesus came. He did come. He has come. And can I say he's coming again. And he's going to rapture all those that have called on the name of the Lord to be saved, who have put their faith in him, who have believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, last week we looked at how why Jesus came according to to John, and he came to declare God unto you and unto me. He came to declare, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a great declaration Jesus came to declare us the Father. Here in Mark, we see that Jesus came declaring the gospel unto every person. He preached repentance and faith in him. Look with me with verse 15 again. It says, And saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Right here's what he preached. He preached, Repent ye and believe the gospel. The Jews of Jesus' day were looking for Messiah. They wanted a Messiah, but they wanted a Messiah for earthly reasons to rid them of the Roman oppression that they were under. Until this day, the blinded Jews are still looking for the Messiah to come. But Jesus has already come. He came preaching, repent ye and believe the gospel. But the Jews of Jesus' day were looking for some form of immediate deliverance from the Roman oppression. And, can, can, and what is the cry of Israel today? What is the cry of Israel? They want to be delivered from those who oppress them. And by the way, can I just say, they are oppressed. They are hated worldwide. Not only are they hated, but they are despised by many. Why is that? 
It's not because they are good people. It's not even because they follow the law of God. It's not because some of them are even religious. But can I say that they are despised because they are God's chosen people. God chose Abraham's seed of promise. He chose Isaac. And it's through his people that you and I have received the gospel. It's through his people that you and I have in our hands the preserved and inerrant and infallible word of God that we have believed. Isaiah the prophet wrote, Who hath believed our report? And can I just say, I have. I have believed. And look, don't be naive and think that those that oppose the Jews and call for the destruction of the Jews are any supporters of Christianity because they're not. And can I just say, there's no such thing as a two-state solution. Don't fall for that. Have you not heard the chants from the river to the sea? All they want is a one state. And that means to get rid of Israel completely. To get rid of God's people, the ones that he chose. They don't believe in a coexist state. No, they want the total destruction of Israel and anyone who believes in the hope of Israel. They hate the Jews and they hate Christians. Why? Because of who our God is. And can I just say, it's not that they hate us, they hate our Lord. They hate our God. From the beginning, Satan has set out to destroy the line of the Messiah. Oh, he immediately went after Abel. Oh, but then came Seth. In Genesis chapter 4 and verse 25, it says that Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. For Eve, her hope was in that promised seed. Hey, she looked for a savior. Every Jewish mother longed for a man child and hoped to be the one who would bear that promised seed. While in Egypt, the devil tried again to destroy the line of the Messiah. He attempted to have all Jewish male children killed at birth. What do you think? There's such a great push in our society to kill unborn children. Can I just say that does not come from God? So what does that mean? Who does it come from? It comes from the devil and the wicked hearts of man. Oh, why does the devil and wicked men want babies killed? Why is that? Well, I wonder how many of the unborn babies that have been murdered since Roy versus, uh, Roe versus Wade would have been saved and used of the Lord to turn America back to God. I wonder how many missionaries would have been born and how many people would have been saved because of that child. How many pastors, how many deacons, how many Sunday school teachers, how many musicians, how many song leaders there would be, how many laymen, how many faithful soul winners 
as there could have been. Oh, we wouldn't be in the terrible economic state that we're in today had those 63 million plus babies had been born and they had got jobs and paid into society. Oh, we'd be in much better shape than we are now. Hey, those 63 million children that's been murdered, they represent 63 million jobs. And that doesn't even include the hundred of million plus children they would have had contributing to society now can I just say Satan has always went after children Satan saw the protection that America gave to the Jew oh he saw the fervor of the people who came to America to spread the gospel and reach the world with the gospel oh he saw missionaries uh, leaving this land to foreign fields uh, and what did he do he set out uh, to destroy that seed you know Jesus did not come to right every wrong all that's going to take place in heaven for those who have trusted in him. If you don't repent, if you don't believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you will never see all wrongs made right. That's only reserved for those who believe. Hey, one day Jesus is going to come again and he's going to rapture all those who have believed in him for the salvation of their souls. Then Jesus at that point will turn his focus back on Israel. The Bible says there's going to be 144,000 Jewish men that are going to be saved and they're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That same gospel that Jesus preached preached. They're going to preach it again and people are going to be saved. What the Jews refused to believe when Jesus came the first time. There's going to be many that will believe in that day. After a time of about a three and a half years, Satan's going to unleash all his power and fury against the Jews again. And for three and a half years the Jews are going to be persecuted. Oh, but Jesus will come again and he he will destroy all those who have taken the mark of the beast and lined up against him. Oh, if you would, turn with me to Revelation chapter 20. Revelations chapter 20. Revelations chapter 20, and we're going to start reading there in verse 7 in just a minute. Oh, after the seven-year tribulation, Jesus is going to establish his millennial reign right here on earth. We, that means those who have believed in Jesus as their Savior, we're going to rule and reign with him. The devil's going to be bound for that duration and at the end will be released to deceive the nations. One final time. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse 7, it says that when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog 
to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from the face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Here's the message that Jesus came to preach. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Oh, there is a book of life and whosoever's name is not in that book will be cast into the lake of fire. Jesus came to preach repentance and faith in his death, burial, and resurrection for the justification of our souls. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came to give everlasting life. You see, it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Oh, God made a way for all men and all women and all children to know him and to be saved and to have their name written in that book of life. Uh, oh, God has a record book. Uh, he's got a record with every person's name that believes in the only begotten Son of God as their Savior. Can I ask you, is your name there? Have you believed her report? Have you believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ that he is the way the life, the truth, and there's no other way to heaven but by him. Have you believed that in your heart? Does your life reflect that you believe that? Let's go back to, to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. We're answering the question, why did Jesus come? Oh, in Mark chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, Oh, to all who exercise their faith in him, Jesus offers the forgiveness of sin. You see, our sin has separated us from God. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But you see, Jesus came to be our mediator. Jesus came to be our go-between. He is that bridge that connects sinful man 
to a holy God. Only Jesus can forgive your sin. Mohammed cannot forgive sins. Allah cannot forgive sins. Buddha cannot forgive sins. And the Pope cannot forgive sins. Only Jesus can forgive your sin. Look at verse 17 with me. When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Why did Jesus come? He came to call all sinners to repentance. Oh, have you seen yourself as a sinner? Have you seen yourself as that one that Jesus came to call to repentance? You see, a sinner is someone who has broken the law of God. Hey, how many of us have committed a sin? Hey, you know that in your lifetime you've broken, you've trespassed one of God's laws. Hey, I raise both hands with all my fingers sticking straight up in the air. James 2.10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet if at one point he's guilty of all. You say, well, I ain't done but one thing wrong in my whole life. Well, the Bible says you're guilty of everything because of that one sin. Look at verse 45 in Mark 10. Why did Jesus come? He came to preach repentance and faith. He came to call sinners to repentance. And, and thirdly, we see why Jesus came. It says, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and underline these words, to give his life a ransom for many. Oh, why did Jesus come? He came to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus came to die on an old rugged cross and to bear our sin in his body. Jesus took our place. Jesus died in our place. He paid the sin debt. He paid the ransom of the souls of all that will believe in him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, that's anybody, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, Jesus met all the demands of the law. What you and I could not do, Jesus did for us. Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus was the only sacrifice that God would accept. Every Old Testament sacrifice is a picture of Christ, the innocent dying for the guilty. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. The thief on the cross, uh, he looked over at that other thief and said, but this man hath done nothing amiss. Why did Jesus come? He came to preach repentance and faith in him. He came to call sinners to repentance. He came to give his life a ransom for many. May I ask you something very, very serious, a very serious question. Are you one of the many? If not, you can become one of those many today. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever, that's anybody, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you seen yourself a sinner 
a sinner, someone who is separated from God because of your sins? Have, have you repented and put faith, uh, your faith in what Jesus did on the cross as good enough to forgive your sin and receive everlasting life? Jesus is the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. God provided himself a sacrifice for your sin. Jesus paid your sin debt on Calvary. But have you accepted that for yourself? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. That's what each and every person deserves because of their sin. But that verse doesn't stop there. It goes on to say, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How do you receive that gift, preacher? How do you receive that gift of God? You do it by faith. You simply put your trust in what Jesus did on the cross for you. You admit that you're a sinner and that you cannot pay your debt and that Jesus did that for you. He took your punishment. He died for you so that you could have Everlasting life with God. By faith, simply call out to Him and ask Him to save you today.